How's everyone doing today? Good. I am putting this in my back pocket. I'm telling you that so I will remember later, because so, it will roll off the table otherwise. I'm Mark, and um, pastor here, and I am excited about being here today and what God is going to be doing over the next several weeks uh, in our church, in us, and through us. Uh, if you've been here uh, at least over a year, you know that each fall we do a series called Pathways, and Pathways woo, is a, it, one person likes it, and so we brought it back. Uh, that uh, uh, it's a spiritual transformation and growth series where we just really just kind of take a time, a period of time, and we really focus on, on what's God, what God is doing in our lives. We ask Him to re- reveal things in us. We uh, spend a lot of time together uh, in growth groups, and, and we produce a... Uh, uh, daily devotional written by our community for our community. So we're we're learning together. We have uh, Friday night Connexity events where basically we come together and just connect with community and have a good time and all sorts of different things will be going on. We do life coaching and all a bunch of stuff. So it's a time where we intentionally just really ramp it up and try to just make it a fantastic year. Now we learned from last year, uh, we used to start Pathways um, three weeks e- earlier than we are actually this year. And what we found was it was pretty disruptive in the, uh, in the pattern of people's lives that they would get back uh, from, you know, back to FSU or back to uh, FAMU or back just kind of their normal, you know, school year routine with kids and everything. And it was very disruptive your first week back to kind of jump into this, and it was overwhelming. So what we're doing this year is for the next two weeks, we are going to be talking about uh, Pathways Pre, uh, just kind of a a prequel, have you, to Pathways and kind of just get us ramped up and moving us uh, from where we are to this time of just an intense time with God, and that'll give you the opportunity to go over to the growth group and pathways kind of area and sign up for growth groups and kind of get a feel for what else is going on, but also will give us kind of some time just to prepare for what we are going to experience. Now, you guys gave me a gift um, last summer uh, of, of time to go on a sabbatical and and connect with lots of different pastors and go to different churches, faith communities, and different places just to really just kind of absorb and, and ask questions and, and learn. And, and I think that uh, through Pathways this year that you're going to see a lot of those kind of things uh, coming out that, that God showed me while I was on my uh, journeys. And what I, one thing I wanted to start out with today is uh, we have a new Pathways logo, and um, it's, it's on your fridge fold, it's, it's up there, and uh, it has some specific meaning. Now, in Matthew 28, verse 28, um, in verse 18, that Jesus is, is giving his disciples, his followers, 
kind of some last instruction. In fact, this is Jesus' last words while he was physically on the planet. And us as a culture um, and throughout history, we put a high value on people's last words, don't we? Unless they're like, have lost control and they're going off a cliff or something. Those last words are, are pretty universal as well, but those aren't, you know, the ones that we necessarily listen to. But if we know some, you know, somebody knows that this is going to be their last words, you know, they, they, they usually say something that, that they want people to listen to. And Jesus was no different. And in Matthew 28, this is what he says. He came to his disciples and he said, I have been given authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore... This is what he's coming up. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and then teach them, these these new disciples, to obey all the commands I have given you. And basically what we have here is three things that God is called the church to do and what we are to do. So many times that in the religion of American Christianity, it's been kind of sold to us this way, that, hey, you know what? Jesus will save you. And after he's saved, go to church and then sit in church until you assume room temperature and go to heaven. Yeah, we're, sign me up, right? You know, uh, but that is not what what Jesus said. That the the relationship that was made able through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ actually gave us a mission in this life. The Bible says that God has envisioned things, good things for us to do long ago, and these are Christ's last words is he is saying, look, I want you to go out and make disciples. I want you to teach these disciples, mature them, and then I want you to mobilize. And in our pathways symbol, we have this arrow that depicts the purpose of not only our church, E3, but the church of Christ as dictated by Jesus. And a lot of people say it a different way, but here we have the purpose of what we're meant to be about, our church and us individually. And that is to make, mature, and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, this idea of, of making fully devoted followers of Christ. You know, you might be sitting there like, whoa, you know, I, I, I don't like shiny jackets. I, I don't have patent white leather shoes. I'm not an evangelist. You know, that's, that's somebody else's job. You know, that's Benny Hinn's job or something like that, but it's not me. You know, you might be thinking, I don't want to go and stand on Capitol Circle and Mayhan with a sign that says, turn or burn. 
you know, you know, something like that. And, and I can understand if you're thinking, oh, okay, that, that's what it means to, to you know, show or go, um, as, uh, as Pastor Dan so uh, in, intuitively uh, realized, that, 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 yeah, you know what, I wouldn't want to sign up for that either. It's really unnatural, it, it's kind of ugly, it seems kind of manipulative. But what if you think about it this way? If you think about it, that, that, you know what, in life, all of us start out craving stuff, that we look around in, in our selfishness and we, we think about stuff and we think that, oh, a bigger house will make us happy or a larger income will make us happy or this person will make us happy. And then a lot of us move from that kind of mentality to the, the mentality of, you know what? God can give me stuff. God can give me peace. And we think our, or God can give me fulfillment or, or, or God can, can you know, give me a house and a Cadillac and, and all of these kind of things. And we start to think that, okay, originally my soul craves stuff. And then some of us, you know, are a little more astute and, and we start realizing that there's something in this earth larger than ourselves and, and you recognize that as God. And you start thinking, okay, God, my soul craves things that God can give me. And then ultimately, as we mature, we realize that, you know what, it's not actually stuff that we crave. It's not actually the stuff from God that we crave, but our souls actually crave God himself. That we find our fulfillment, we find our completion, that we are moved closer to the full humanity that we were created to be when we engage in having an authentic relationship with our Creator. And once we realize that, that and we are made whole in that, that, that making followers of Christ takes a whole new meaning because it no longer is it manipulative, but it comes from a place where it's like, wow, you know what, God has transformed me and my relationship with God that my soul has always craved for becomes so real that you can't help but share it. But often we feel like, well, I, I, I don't know how. I don't have the energy to do it. I don't even know where to begin. You know, Paul, excuse me, Jesus said in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, look, but when you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, into the ends of the earth. What Jesus is trying to tell us here is, look, we can't do it on our own power. In fact, we're not meant to. The whole nature of, of, of Jesus is relationship and having a relationship with God. 
and that we are powered by His Spirit. We are overwhelmed by His presence that we can't help but share that with the people who are around us. The next thing that Jesus talks about is is this idea of maturity. Maturing people as you teach them and grow them and all of these kinds of different things. And this is the, the second little part of the arrow as it comes together, making a maturing and mobilizing fully devoted followers of Christ. I was thinking about the difference between maturity and immaturity. And really, the movement, if you're wondering, am I an immature person? Or am I a mature person? And you know what marks the difference? I was thinking about this. An immature person is a consumer. And a mature person is a contributor. You know, you think about that when you know when you are a kid, that you know, you're a little baby. You know. You're not contributing anything. Maybe you're contributing to the lack of sleep to your parents, but, but outside of that, you're not contributing a whole lot to the world. I mean, it's okay. You're not meant to. It's not like you pop out. It's like, son, get a job. You know, I, it, it, it is the natural progression of things. It's what God has envisioned, but, but it, it's being immature. And as you grow up, you know, and you, you start to grow up, you know, you, at, you know for, for a long time, you're like the seagulls in, um, I think it was Finding Nemo, you know, me, 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 you know, my, 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 that's right, my, my, mine, 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 you know, there's that, that idea of it's, you, everything is about you, that you are just consuming and you look at your parents as, as people who, who are the people who are giving you stuff. And at some point, when you, there's going to be a point when you stop being a consumer and you become a contributor. And at that point is the tipping point between immaturity and maturity. You know what the beautiful thing about this is? Is that, you know what, once you become a contributor, once you become healthy enough to start giving back, and that can be in your church, that can be, you know, to society, that can be to other people, that, that you know what's required for you to become mature what is required for you to be a contributor? Something to contribute to, right? And therefore, there's a symbiotic relationship between the immature and the mature. That, that if a kid popped out fully mature and, and zipped off and didn't need you, what kind of parenting gig would that be? Pretty darn good one. No, uh, <laughs> no, you would miss all those wonderful sleepless nights. You would miss all the mind, mind, mind. You would miss, you know, 
the, the, the greatest moment, which I would imagine, is actually seeing your kids change from being consumers to contributors. It's one of my most favorite things uh, as being a pastor when spiritually people move from being consumers to contributors. And it happens in different ways. It's not usually, you know, an a aha moment. But that idea of, you know what? I am healthy enough now to, to go from just attending and consuming. And again, it's not a bad thing. It's an exciting thing that you're consuming and, and the idea of consuming that you're growing and you're maturing. That, that, that point where, where somebody moves from immaturity from just attending and starts to to breathe life into other people. To taking the Word of God and making it real to other people. To serving them instead of always being served. Going from just merely attending a growth group to becoming a facilitator or a host or something like that. And that is the mark of of maturity and, and so many things start happening when when that happens. If you look at Matthew chapter 13 in verse 12, Jesus says this to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But th- for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Unfortunately, I think Christ's words are, are kind of diminished here in the English translation. The word listen to those who listen, the, the Greek word there is echo, echo. And really what that Greek word means is not listen, but it is to hold on to, to grip to be your worldview, the thing that, that, the grid that you look at everything else through. And Jesus is saying, look, those who take on and hold on to my teaching, that you make that so much part of you that it becomes your worldview, it's the grid that you see everything through, then this is going to happen. That you will have an abundance of knowledge. Now, abundance of knowledge in the Greek is actually one word. It's parasuo. And there's some beautiful imagery here that Jesus is using. You see, parasuo is actually this imagery of the time when a flower is all tight and together. The parasuo is when that flower opens up into full bloom. And this is what Jesus is saying is, those of you who who take on my worldview, that you become fully devoted followers of me, that you will be like a flower that opens up. Now what happens when a flower opens up? Anybody? What's some things that happen in nature? It's pretty, okay. Huh? Huh? Blossoms, okay, it blossoms. Reproduction. 
It produces the bees. The college students got it. The birds and the bees. Yeah. Way to go. Free pizza for you after the gathering. The flower opens up, and when it opens up, it starts to contribute to the world around it. That that the bees come and and pollinate, and and we get honey. Mmm, I like the honey. That, that the flowers, you know, that they reproduce and they spread. What happens to a flower that, that never opens up? It dies. It grows up. It doesn't open up. doesn't parasio, suo, and it dies. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying in this imagery. But there are those of you who are not listening, not holding on, gripping to my teaching and making it your worldview, that even what little you understand will be taken away. Taken away actually is not in the sense that it's taken away like God's going to reach into your life and rip it out of your life. But again, God's the creator of everything, right? You have to look to nature and the natural order of things to understand what is going to happen. When you don't grab on, when you do not hold, when you do not use something, when you are not part of the natural cycle of stuff, those things in you start to die off. When I was in college, uh, I got my bachelor's of science in marketing and I took a lot of international business courses what I originally thought I wanted to do was go to Japan and I wanted to be an expat in Japan and I was taking Japanese courses that um, I started dating a girl who who spoke Japanese I ended up marrying her and she you can see her each and every Sunday here that she lived in Japan for quite some time little many of you didn't know that I also took a job in a uh, Japanese uh, boarding school uh, to be immersed as much as I could in the language. And I started to learn a lot of Japanese and, and um, started to get better at it. Uh, Shannon still would just cringe as good as I got when, when she speaks it very well. If you came up to me today, because I have not studied or done anything with Japanese for probably 16 years. And you started speaking Japanese to me. Well, it would be like you were speaking Japanese to me. <laughs> I, I, what, what little I knew has been taken away. Not that anybody actually physically took it from me. I just never did anything with it. And it died. The same thing in the natural world with our, with our bodies. Say that, that you trained and trained and trained and you became, you know, Mr. America or Miss America or whatever. The, you know, the physical, you know, you just had muscles on top of muscles and even your, your you know, tongue had muscles and, 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 and you won the title. And after you won the title, you said, oh, great. I am now Mr. or Mrs. You know, Fitness America. And you went and sat on a couch and you never moved for the next year. 
when you took your crown and gave it to the person the following year, you would not look anything like you did when you won. You would not look like Mr. or Mrs. Fitness America. You would look like Mr. or Mrs. Just Regular America, which that's okay, but, but, and it's not that anybody took the muscles away from them. They just diminished because you just did not use them any longer. And this is what Christ is trying to communicate is that this idea that we have to grip onto and hold and become and, and, and respect the natural cycle of things and understand if we do not do with what we are given, then that which we were given will go away. The next thing is to mobilize, make mature and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ. We talk a lot about this, about how, you know what, we are meant to be mobilized to be the tangible hand of Christ in this lost and hurting world. That we are meant to be the conduits of God's love and mercy to those whose souls crave God. In Acts 26, in verse 20, Paul writes this. He says, I preach first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, then throughout Judea, and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Now, that word sin is a loaded word. Unfortunately, in the religion of American Christianity, this word sin has become a weapon. It has become a, a thing that, that tries to, to demean somebody, to exclude them from fellowship. So every so often I like to take a couple of minutes to talk about what a biblical understanding of sin is. Here, we have God's perfect vision for our lives. We can call it the PV4L, okay? That's God's perfect vision for our lives. Here, we have our self. Self-destructive behavior, our, our lives in our brokenness. Our, our brokenness is expressed in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's through sexual addiction. Sometimes we try to, to uh, soothe our, our brokenness through, through different chemicals and different things like that. Some of us, you know, it's, it's gambling or, or something like this. You know, it all manifests itself in different ways. We're very creative when we come to kind of the human race on how to manifest our own brokenness. You know, it could be that we break relationships, that we don't let people come close to us. It could be an eating disorder. It could be whatever. But really what it is, when you strip it all away, it's a, it's a coping mechanism trying to bridge the gap in our brokenness in our in our less than full 
humanity. And we try to find fulfillment. We try to find our full humanity, which is to be in perfect union with our God. And we try to fill our lives with different things. But this gap here, The biblical understanding of this gap is sin. The, the, the gap between the PV4L and ourself, the Bible says that is sin. Paul writes in Romans that for all have sinned, all of us have echo held on to our brokenness and expressed our brokenness through different ways and fallen short of the PV4L, God's perfect vision for our lives. And this is something that, that stops us in the, in the mobilization process. That, that there's this gap. And this is where the difference between religion and relationship comes in. If you... If you have brokenness in a, in a relationship that, that, you know what, you don't set up a whole kind of system of, of living before you talk to that person ever again. What you do, what a healthy person does is that they go to the person, go to the person who isn't healthy because they're not able to, they go to that person and connect with them. And that's precisely what God did. That God so loved us that he sent his only son, Jesus, to pay the price to bridge that gap between the PV4L and our brokenness. In reality, the biblical understanding for those of us who live in a New Testament era post-Jesus Christ coming, sin is not what prevents us from having an eternity in the presence of God. That Jesus came and it says, died for all of our sins, past, present, future. What prevents us from being in the presence of in eternity with our with our God is that we choose not to accept this free gift that he offers us he continues on he says this he says improve they have changed by the good things they do now we talk a lot about grace here unmerited unferreted that too. Uh, no ferrets allowed. Uh, unmerited favor. That this, this whole understanding that, you know what, there's nothing that we have to do to get to God. So what the heck is Paul talking about here? Prove that you have accepted this by the good things that you do. Now, let me uh, kind of have a visual here. Like a mime. A box, right? It's a box with water. What's a box, glass box with water? Fish tank, right, thank you. And 
And so what do you put in a, in a glass box with water? Fish, right. And, you know, you see all the cars around with the little fishies and everything? Yeah. So let's talk about fish. Okay. Say that we have this nice glass box with water and a fish in it. What would that fish be doing? If you were David Money's fish, you would be floating. The rest of us, most of us would flush the fish down the toilet if it was floating. The rest of us, we have a swimming fish. In fact, I don't know a lot about fish, but I do know that fish swim. That, that that's something that they do and breathe underwater and eat and poo. But, but all those kind of things. But, but primarily, I can identify a fish because the fish is in the water swimming around. It proves to me it is a fish because it is in the water and it is swimming around. And what Paul is trying to, to demonstrate here is that, you know what, we are new creations in Christ, and when we hold on to and, and we accept Christ's invitation to be in relationship with God, that we become new creations, and our DNA fundamentally changes. Now, the problem with America, the religion of American Christianity is that we've kind of got it backwards. That we tell people... Okay, here's the things that you must do. One, two, three, four, five, whatever. And then you'll be good enough and you'll be a good Christian and, and all of these kinds of things. In essence, come back to my fish tank, what we are doing is taking a cat and throwing it into the 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 aquarium, and say, swim like a fish, cat. Can you see it? I think I got to come back tonight. I'm going to have a fish tank and a cat. <laughs> Anybody got a cat I can borrow? Okay. That cat would be swimming around in that, in that aquarium and, and, and we go, aha, a swimming animal. Obviously, it has proved to us it is a fish. None of us would think that. We would think we have forced a creature outside of its nature into a new kind of circumstance, and basically it's clawing for its life to get out of the water. And we wonder why people are leaving our churches in droves. Because we have boiled down this beautiful thing that our soul craves to a bunch of facade rules saying you need to act like a fish and all this kind of stuff. And let me teach you how to act like a fish. When what we truly need to do is invite people to become fish. 
Finally, in the great commandment, that Jesus says this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. (laughs) Wow, all the commands that I have given you. Make, mature, mobilize. A fully devoted follower of Christ. What is a fully devoted follower of Christ? Christ. Someone who follows all the commands that Jesus has given. Anybody know all the commands that Jesus has given? <laughs> Love God with all of your heart. Love God with all of your soul. Love God with all of your mind. Love God with all of your strength. And love others. Connecting, fulfilling the circle. All of the commands that Jesus gave holistically love God and love people. Do that. And echo, this is your worldview. Cling on to this, and you will be a parasil, a flower opening up that blesses the world. You guys pray with me? Dear God, you are truly awesome in power. God, we're, we, we are so sorry for the times that we have taken cats and tried to dump them into fish tanks, literally and figuratively. God, Let us stop acting like fish and let us be fish. God, you have offered to give us what our soul craves for and that is not stuff, that is not stuff that you can give us, but that is you. And let us never forget that And let us always pursue that. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.